holiday season, treat yourself. Treat yourself to candy. Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Happy Friday. It's another Arsblog Arscast uh, on arsblog.com with thanks to classicfootballshirts.co.uk at the end of what has been a fairly frustrating week for Arsenal fans. And we'll touch on some of those points during the show with any luck, if I can remember to do it. Uh, coming up, we have got a blog chat with Gilberto Silver uh, from Gunner Blog. That is the Arsenal blog world's most ginger, curly blogger. Uh, we've also got your questions, as usual. We'll touch on superstitions. I asked you during the week to email in your superstitions uh, relating to Arsenal. Uh, there have been lots of replies, and lots of people have very, very strange uh, superstitions and little foibles that they, they need to do before a match or during a match or, or on the way to the match. Uh, Arsene Wenger-Hawkins will be here again, and we will have a bet of the week, as usual, from bluesquare.com. Now, very briefly, I'm going to talk about the campaign launched on the blog during the week to promote the biography of Perry Groves, which is called We All Live in a Perry Groves World. We want to make sure that that book sells more copies than Ashley Cole's My Defence. Cole's book uh, has sold less than 4,000 copies so far, which considering the amount of money he was paid for it and the money the publishers have put into it and the publicity and the serialization and everything else is fairly pathetic. So with Christmas coming up or if you've got friends and family with birthdays, if you're looking for an Arsenal-related present, an Arsenal-related book, make sure you think of Perry Groves. And we all live in a Perry Groves world. It's available from amazon.co.uk and I'm sure it's also available in your local bookshop as well. Uh, I've been onto the publishers and fingers crossed, fingers crossed, we might be able to get Perry on an upcoming Arscast to talk about the book and to talk about how much better his book is than Ashley Cole's. So make sure you buy a book by a proper Arsenal legend and not a money-hungry little cunt like Ashley. Okay. Now, uh, as I said, it's been a frustrating week for Arsenal fans. We had a 1-1 draw against Everton, a game we probably expected to win. But of course, nothing is uh, nothing is given in this game. And, and uh, while you can expect to win certain games, you can't go too overboard in your criticism if you don't. Everton were a tough team uh, to break down. Remember, they beat Liverpool this season as well. Um, and they were playing in such a way that they weren't going to leave themselves carved open like like Reading were the previous week. On Wednesday against Moscow, we played brilliantly. I thought we played very, very well. Some beautiful football. Just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. To discuss with me the frustrations of the last week and the reaction of some of the fans to, to things that go on on the pitch, uh, our need for something different or not, uh, and a quick look ahead to the West Ham game. This is this week's blog chat with uh, Gilberto Silver from Gunner Blog. I tried to keep it below 10 minutes, but it's just impossible because because he talks really, really slowly. Anyway, here's the blog chat. This week on the blog chat, we are talking to Gilberto Silver from Gunnar Blog. Good morning to you. Okay, you were at the CSK Moscow game. Um, I was, yeah. 
and uh, I don't think I've ever seen a game quite like that before. Um, <laughs> no. uh, so many chances, and, and not just half chances, there were at least three or four clear-cut chances that we should have scored from. What was it like at the game? Uh, unbelievable, really. I mean, I mean, everyone I've spoken to since can't quite get their head around how we didn't win. Uh, I mean, any other night, it's such, a, it's such a loaded phrase, but it could have been four, five, or six, you know? Um, you have people, though, saying the, any other night or any other day and, and suggesting that this is the kind of, uh, this is the kind of thing that, that happens to us a bit too regularly. Would you go along with that? Not really. I mean, it happens to Adebayo quite regularly, <laughs> if I go. But everyone else seems to be capable of putting it in from a yard out, as far as I'm aware. But last night, for some reason, the thing is, it, it, it piles up. Like, you miss the first one. And then I think, you know, the team, it must affect them psychologically. I think Vengus had said about it this morning. Um, you know, you miss one and then the sort of crowds sort of get a bit edgy. And, you know, the players get edgy and maybe your nerve just goes a little bit. So what, what happened to a team that can stick uh, four past Reading and, and can't do it last night? I mean, what I said on, the, on my blog, you know, after the game was that it really was in the cold light of day. It just was one of those nights. You can't do any more than uh, rip a team apart as as we did against against Moscow. You've got to trust the players to put it in in the back of the net at the end of the day. But I don't know that there's anything you can do on the training ground to 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 improve that. No, I mean, you know, you could have players on the training ground in you know Tom Szczesny's position yesterday, rolling balls across to them, and seeing how many times they put it in the net. But it would be a hundred percent. There's a, there's an outside factor which is it almost impossible to pin down, which must have contributed. I mean, I mean, you can call it luck or, or whatever, but I, I, I just, I think it's futile trying to, to pin it down, to be honest, last night. I think it it literally was just one of those nights. And, and I, again, like people can say that's, that's making a sort of inadequate excuse, but I, I cannot fathom any other way of putting it. Yeah, I, I will go along with that. You mentioned on your blog, and, and uh, I'll quote Good Player on his blog to you. Uh, he okay. says, a greater quality of fans does not equal greater, or a greater quantity of fans does not equal greater quality. And something that you, um, you know, you wrote, the fans could destroy this side's concert, uh, confidence. The, the, the cries of shoot, it's, it's becoming a little bit annoying now, isn't it? It's a lot of it annoying, yeah. Yeah. Uh, on, I mean, on the Everton game, it was it was bad. And it was bad last night as well. There was an incident um, on Saturday against Everton where Justin Hoyt was put through on the right wing, literally by the corner flag, uh, and crossed the ball in along the ground. We we really nearly scored. But about three people in my surrounding area, and I want to pin this on the the entire stadium. Maybe I just sit amongst some really irritating people. But about three people still I went. Oh, Hoyt, shoot you, muppet, like that. And I just thought, I'm not Justin Hoyt's biggest fan, but it was <laughs> like he was literally by the corner flag. Yeah. And it's getting to the point now where if players have the ball anywhere, anywhere in the opposition's half, there are a small minority of fans, again, I don't want to pin on everyone, who you would think we had won the league in previous seasons only scoring from 30 yards, you would think that we were playing five-a-side rules and were not allowed in the penalty area. It would be a free kick. Yeah. Because 
they just scream at shoot every time we go forward. I, I mean, it's 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 almost mindless. I, I mean, I think they've been hypnotised by by God knows what, but possibly you know by the press saying that we don't that we don't shoot enough. Because if you look at the attempts at Angolis, I think it's something like twenty three. It's not the problem. Yeah. The problem is that only about six were on target. Um, yeah, there was one particular moment I remember when Rosicky got the ball and and was urged to shoot and promptly shot and, and knocked it about 10 yards over the bar from 35 yards with seven or eight players in front of him. I mean, it, the Well, yeah, I mean, are... I, he, <laughs> he did himself in by, uh, by actually scoring one from long range against Hamburg. He sort of uh, set himself up to be cursed with people shouting shoot yeah. um, every time he gets the ball. But the thing is, I mean, it's, it's the sort of hypocrisy as well. There was, like, a great little passage of play just before uh, Fabregas went around the goal and put it in the side netting. And on that occasion, the same people who screamed, shoot, when Fabregas had the ball about 30 yards out for playing the one-two, were going, ah, oh, why did he square it? Because he had Henri there um, for, for a tap-in. <laughs> and I just thought, I just, it's, it's just, um, I mean, I just think they're just frustrated, but, you know, you can't really expect, I mean, you know, it's, it's just, it's just, like I say, sort of a mindless cry, it doesn't really hold any, you know, tactical uh, <laughs> value. But it must get to the team. They can hear it. Do you know right. what I mean? It must affect them. Uh, the fans are something that I want to, to touch on because I knew you were going to be at the game last night watching on the TV for the first five minutes or so. As the game kicked off, I was thinking, wow, there are a lot of empty seats. I wonder, you know, is this because people just aren't turning up or they haven't sold the tickets for this game? But after about five, ten minutes, the the, the stands were, were pretty much pretty much full. Um Again, people leaving early was something Henri was something Henri mentioned, and I, people leaving early is something that's always happened. Um, yeah, but it, it just strikes me as a bit strange, particularly a game like last night where it's nil nil. We've been on top of them, murdering them. You know, the chances of a goal. You know, at every attempt we make, the chance of a goal is, is greater statistically, I suppose. But yeah. people still leave before the end. It's like going to see a film and leaving before you find out who the killer is. Yeah. Well. I mean, I, I had the same thought at kickoff. I was looking around. There were a lot of empty seats, and, and like you say, they did, they did fill up. Um, the leaving early thing—it's difficult because I know you haven't been to the new stadium, but it is much. I mean, I you know I don't leave early, but you know I I haven't got anywhere to go. Uh, <laughs> the it's um, <laughs> sad but true. The um, it is much harder to get away from the new stadium, in my experience. Um, there's a lot more sort of policing and, you know, you get held up a lot more and stuff. But regarding the game, why people leave, I don't know. I mean, I think there was a lot of frustration in the crowd and I think people were a bit sick, maybe, of, of seeing these mischances. And it gets to a point about 70 minutes when, you know, you sort of, I don't know, breaking Flamini on and, you know, you're sort of thinking, I can't really see, I can't really see where this is. And, you know, some yeah. people stay around, I stay around, and you think, you know, there might be a chance that there's a goal. Because I did once leave early. Uh, I think it was a game against Bolton and Canu when the scores in the 94th minute or something, so never again. <laughs> you learned your but, uh, Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I, I can understand it to a, to a point. But I think, you know, in a game like that, we really had... 
a, you know, a good chance of nicking something. I mean, I, mean, I say that, but, you know, the, the last sort of five minutes of the game became a bit of a joke because, again, we countered problems with time-wasting yeah. like we did on Saturday. Well, that's normal, though. You have to, that's something I think yeah, you just yeah. have to cope with. You have to expect that a team that's away from home, uh, nil-nil with five minutes to go, of course, they're going to time-waste. I'm sure we'd, we'd do the same thing. We have done the yeah, same thing in, in the past. Yeah. Okay, people, um, uh, fans will, will talk about the need for, for something different, um, a different approach to, to scoring a goal. And, and one thing that is true is we don't tend to score a lot of, of scruffy goals like, like other teams do. Um, no. Whether that's because you know we stick to our principles and, and don't play uh, football that's that's so direct or or what have you, but obviously the, the the it's not a bad option to have from from time to time. The only thing that 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 I worry about, not that I worry about, but I wonder is is do we even have anybody to give us that to give us that uh, different option? Adibayor for me is just a tall version of what we already have. He doesn't play uh, in a different manner to to Henri or or to Van Persie. He, he likes the ball on the ground. Um, Baptista maybe, but we haven't seen enough for him. Do you think there there might be a case for for Bentner in January? Well, I've only seen Bentner play once for the for the reserves. Uh, as far as I can tell, he's not a you know a he's not Duncan Ferguson. He's not a, a traditional target man in in that respect. But he he does have it's, 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 he does have a presence. Just something people say about Adebayor as well. That's just one of those slightly intangible things. But Lupoli, I think, has done okay at Derby from all reports. Um, uh, as a bunch of them, I think Bentley's the sort of the promising one. And there's so much to talk about him. Mm. Um, and I think, I think you know, he will be someone that we see in and around the first team, if not in January, then certainly from next season. Uh, look, let's look ahead quickly to to West Ham on Sunday. Uh, yeah. As as hilarious as their their terrible run was, uh, <laughs> yeah. and it was quite hilarious. I was, it was I was very happy to see them win on 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 last Sunday, um, mm. because obviously the longer you go without a win, the, the higher the probability of of you getting a win in your next game is. So they've had a win, and now they can go back to to losing again. What do you think? Uh, what way do you think we're going to play? We're going to line up with the four five one, uh, and in terms of personnel, what sort of changes? Well, I mean, I, I can't really see a necessity. What's that word? Necessity, necessity for change. Thanks very much. Uh, you know, we've played the same team the last few games, and I sort of think the way that Arsenal came out and praised uh, the team last night for their performance. I mean, I think he went slightly over the top. It was a good performance, but you know, I think he deliberately is sort of you know buffering the side, protecting them from any potential criticism and I mm -hmm. think he may continue to show that confidence by picking the same side um, because it's clear that you know he says himself uh, this this team can explode and go and score you know five six or seven and I think that is completely true and I think uh, it's unfortunate that Reading hasn't been that sort of turning point but you've got to remember when we played Reading we were playing a team who played 4-4-2 they were playing at home they they were willing to come and have a go. They didn't get the ball, but, you know, had they. Um, and in the last few weeks, we've had to become accustomed to playing teams who are much more defensive-minded, come with a sort of 4-5-1 formation, sort of matching ours, sit back. And, and last night was showed that by using pace 
you know, on the outside and going in behind defenders, we can break that down. Oh, okay. And I think it'd be wrong to 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 tinker with that. Okay. Um, obviously, the the things have have gone wrong a bit for West Ham. Uh, they are traditionally, and I'm doing that inverted commas thing there. Yeah. Uh, traditionally, a team that likes to play football and play good football. And and okay, given how unhappy their fans are at the moment. Uh, even though it might be the pragmatic thing, the sensible thing to do to sit back against Arsenal, I don't think that you know they're going to be able to do that. Um, so it might be uh, it might be a good time to play them. You know they're they're short on confidence even after the win. Well, your prediction ahead of Sunday, you reckon uh, an Arsenal win? Um, oh, you know I'm a bit hesitant, but I I think we won't lose. I think an Arsenal win would be very good. I think if we draw, then people will start. Sort of writing us out of the title race again, and while I never really believe these things this early in the season, it would be not. One gift that never gets returned? Trick question. It's three gifts beer, wine, and spirits. And with Drizzly, you can send the gift of drinks right to your loved one's doors. Drizzly lets you compare prices from local liquor stores on a huge selection of beer, wine, and holiday spirits, then get them delivered right to that lucky someone's door in under 60 minutes. And right now, Drizzly is giving customers $5 off their first order. Just enter promo code JINGLE at checkout. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com. This holiday season, treat yourself. Treat yourself to candy. Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. I just sort of keep the press off our backs. And also win would okay, be good. Yeah, me too. I reckon about eighteen nil. I think. Is yeah, my I prediction. Yeah, yeah, it's. I'm being conservative as well. Okay, final thing. <laughs> uh, we're touching on, and people have emailed their superstitions, um, you know, for discussion in this Irish cast, and there have been some really, really strange ones. Have you got any? Relating to Arsenal. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, that is what this is about. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Arsenal. Uh, yeah, um, I don't really. I. I used to have a thing where I used to wear the same shirt, like uh, the same kit from whatever year, if we had won in it previously. Um, and I still have that to an extent. I'm still trying to wear the shirt I wore in Paris um, to a game where we win uh, so that I can sort of rid it of its curse. Um, <laughs> it's not. Yeah, I mean, I sort of, I sort of considered it, but, you know, uh, sort of, you know, 50 quid, I haven't really got that. But, um, I I'm thinking about maybe trying to take it to sort of one of the bankers, but when I whenever I do that, you know, it, it never comes off. Last night, I think the reason that the ball didn't go in the net was because I was wearing my Paris shirt. When you hear the, the the superstition thing later, there are a lot of people that had superstitions that they weren't able to to carry out for the final in Paris. So um, the blame is shared a little bit. So don't worry about it. It's not entirely That's your fine. fault. That's okay. Fine. All right, Gilberto Silva. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you on another blog chat soon. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Thank you very much to Gunnar Blogger for uh, taking part in this week's blog chat. Another one, of course, next week, which may or may not be with a blogger. Uh, A little bit of mystery there for you, or not, anyway. Uh, Now, moving onwards.
are football fans the most superstitious people on the planet? I think they are, you know. I think uh, nearly everybody has some kind of a superstition that they take with them uh, to a game, before a game. I used to have a pair of uh, lucky socks that my daughter bought, bought me. Um, I used to wear them every single week, whether we won the week before or not, even if we'd lose. And proof of the pudding is right there that the socks were not lucky. I'd wear them the next week. And whenever I go over to watch a game, I have to have a pint of Guinness in the Bank of Friendship. Otherwise, there's just no way that we'll win. Just no way. Need the Guinness without the... No, it's not just because I want Guinness. Um, I asked you in the week to send in your superstitions, and there are lots of them, and lots of you re- responded. Uh, thank you very much indeed. Uh, lots of ones about lucky socks and, and things like that, lucky shirts, uh, and I've gone through some of the emails that we've got. I haven't got time to read out all of them, uh, but here are some of the superstitions that Blog readers take with them into games. Rampton says, I make love to my wife atop the Gunner's Banner. Not quite sure what Gunner's Banner that is, uh, but at least it's your own wife and not somebody else's. Richard says, this season I've been wearing my Arsenal home strip to every game. However, today, this was uh, on Wednesday, I forgot to bring it to work for the CSKA game. So if we lose tonight, everyone can blame me. Um, If not, I'll be a happy man and will know that superstitions are a complete waste of time. Um, no conclusive proof one way or the other now, Richard. Tanya in Barcelona has to eat burritos with her husband before every Champions League game. It worked a charm last season when, due to circumstances beyond her control, yep, she couldn't make them for the final. And we all know what happened then. Uh, Julian says, I never saw us lose at Highbury for four years, so long as I got off the tube at Finsbury Park even though I had to pass through the Arsenal tube station on the way. I bought my programme from the cellar on the corner of St. Thomas's Road and Gillespie Road, and I bought sweets from the two banks for a quid stall behind the North Bank, and, he said, enjoy the game in a very rough Cockney geezer manner. This spell was broken for the home game versus West Ham last year. The bloke at the streets, uh, sweet stall was ill. Uh, I was on the verge of not going to the game when I found out and tried to explain this to my eight-year-old nephew who was with me, but he persuaded me to go in after many tears. I still blame him and Saul for losing us that match. Mainly Saul, to be fair. Well, that is fair enough, but I'm not quite sure what your eight-year-old nephew did that was so wrong. Ben says, on the way to every home game, I can only listen to music recorded by bands from London on my MP3 player, otherwise we don't win. Steve says, the Red Sox worn for both victories over Sheffield Wednesday in the FA Cup and League Cup finals of 93 always come out for the really big games. Real Madrid, Barcelona, FA Cup finals and have only been wrong twice. Barca last year and Liverpool at Cardiff. He's wondering uh, uh, the fact that the Sox are nearly falling apart. Should he retire them and get some new socks? Can you get new Lucky Socks? Maybe I'll set up LuckySocks.com. Um... I have a wank in the blue quadrant toilets before the game, and if it's a must-win game, then I refrain from washing my hands. That's from John. Beautiful, John. Lovely. Um, If watching Arsenal on TV and we are losing, I make a cup of tea in my 10-year-old Arsenal mug, and then we always win, says Robert. Uh, Mike says, We've got this mate, Chris Lockie, who has a superstition of never, ever wearing a coat to home games. Instead, he always wears this very thin blue hooded top and looks absolutely freezing, yet insists he doesn't do superstition. He's so cold he has blue lips in the winter. Uh, Superstitions don't keep you warm. For some strange reason, I feel Arsenal do a lot better when I don't watch the kickoff, says Tyler. Uh, Matt says, I'm so superstitious, I started to type out exactly what I do and why I do it, but I realised that if I did, then maybe things wouldn't work out anymore, so I deleted it all. Dylan says, uh, getting a Zinger Burger from uh, Zinger Tower Burger from KFC is a must-before-any-Arsenal match. Without it, we are doomed. Paul says, I like to paint my body red and make pigeon-like cooing noises to passing neighbours. 
I said this was superstitions, Paul, not, not your own sexual thrills. Dinny says, I always suck three silver mints before the game. I need a bag of cheese and onion tatoes at halftime. I've done this ever since I happened to do it before going to Wembley to see Arsenal beat Spurs in the FA Cup semi-final in 1993. Uh, I never work on the tarmac uh, from the Plimsoll to Avenel Road on the way to the stadium, says Kyria. Uh, I always enter the stadium via the furthest left uh, turnstile, even if the queue is massive. And I always find a bit of litter to play footy with on the way and make sure I score a goal. A nutmeg through a passer by his legs, which is not always appreciated. Stephen says, I always wear the watch I had during the 98 double season to home games. Fuck knows why, as it hasn't worked since the 98 cup final when I fell over celebrating Anelka's goal. Excellent. And my favourite, my absolute favourite, this. And uh, another poll says, my rather sad superstition is to lick my watch during games in the usually vain attempt that it will make something positive happen for the team. That's just brilliant. Licking your own watch. You imagine being at the game and seeing a guy standing there licking his watch as we search for an equaliser somewhere. Brilliant. So those, just a small taste of the superstitions held by Ars Blog readers. Thank you again for all your emails. Um, we're adults. We should know better, but... Um Football makes people do funny things, eh? Now, before we go any further, it is time for the uh, swear word of the week. Flange breath. There you go. Another swear word of the week next week. Now, back by popular demand to talk about something that happened in the world of football this week. Here is Arsene Wenger Hawkins. If I had been a Barcelona fan at the new camp and witnessed Jose Mourinho sliding along on his knees after that hideous cunt, Drakba, scored that goal, I would not have been best pleased, let me tell you. I would have thought to myself, hey, you silly fuckback, it's a qualification game from a group we'll both go through from, not the winner in the last minute of the final. Then I would make my way down to the area where the Chelsea team bus was waiting and, while distracting the driver by asking if he knew where the wheelchair toilets were, I would crack him over the back of the head and knock him unconscious. Moving swiftly and with cat-like grace I would plant an explosive device under the bus which would be armed when the bus went above 50 kilometers per hour. Once the bomb was primed I would then call Mourinho on his mobile phone and say, Hey, Jose, you fucking wank hammer, because of your knee sliding antics I have planted a bomb on your bus which is now activated. If the speed of your bus goes below 50 kilometers per hour it will explode in an exploding fashion. However, because I am a nice person I have provided you with some help. At this point I would click a remote control which would drop the severed head of Keanu Reeves from a compartment in the bus's roof. Good luck, you horrible bitch, I would say. Then I would make one more phone call. Hello, the Spanish police? You need to stop the Chelsea bus immediately. Someone put a bomb on it and if it goes above 50 kilometers per hour it will explode. That'll teach the cunt to slide on his knees. Kaboom. Oh, yes. Thank you, Arsene Wenger Hawkins. He'll be back next week with more comment and insight on the world of football. Now, time for our questions uh, section, where I answer some of the questions that you send in. If you have a question that you'd like to ask, just email arscast at arsblog.com. That's arscast at arsblog.com. And uh, every week I'll pick three or four of them and go through them and, and uh, try and make them um, interesting. Well, not the questions interesting. Try and make my replies interesting. Um, so far I haven't been doing very well, but I'm sure it'll pick up. Anyway, let's get on with it. Trent asks, 
Would Buffon be an interesting replacement for Jens Lehmann? Yes, I think he would be a very, very interesting replacement. I'm not sure I see him leaving Italy, though. I suppose it depends on how Juventus do uh, this season, whether they come up from, from Serie B. Um, one thing I do know is that uh, the interest that the newspapers are reporting in Hearts goalkeeper Craig Gordon is quite real. We've had him watched on a number of occasions, and only last week uh, one of the newspapers in Scotland said that we'd made a £5 million plus bid for him, and I meant to write that on the blog, but uh, for some reason forgot. So chances are uh, he would be the one we'd pick uh, ahead of Buffon, um, but uh, Buffon obviously is a fantastic goalkeeper and will be a brilliant replacement for Jens. Um, Anjo asks, what about Johan Juru for central midfield? Um, interesting question. I think he played there before uh, a lot of the time and, and likes playing there before he's been moved back to, to centre-half. It could be a solution to a problem that I think might pop up uh, in the not-too-distant future, in that we have got uh, four excellent centre-halves, Galas, uh, Toure, Senderos and Juru. When you've got four excellent centre-halves and, and centre-halves don't tend to get rotated as, as much as other uh, players on the pitch, two of them aren't going to play anywhere near enough and, and at some point uh, they're going to want to play uh, without rocking the boat or without being difficult. You know, these are guys that want to play football at the end of the day and, and um, I think at some at some stage this season we're, we're going to have a problem unless a solution can be found to that. I honestly think that uh, you know our best our best back four for for away games, and I mentioned this before, is with Gallas at left back and and Senderos or, or Juru in the middle alongside Colo. But it seems that Gallas and Toure are going to be the the uh, with Gael Clichy back. They're going to be the first pick at, at centre half. So what happens to Juru and Senderos, I don't know. But it would be a terrible shame, uh, in my view, to get two or three years out of a player like Gallas at the expense of ten or twelve or fifteen years out of the likes of Senderos or Juru and. That was always my slight reservation in the summer uh, before we, we signed Gallas. He's obviously a, a great player to have uh, around the club and adds experience and adds strength and depth. Um, but maybe what it might do is just make sure that the, the Swiss boys raise their game and, and uh, I'm sure if they play well enough, then they'll get their chances. Um, Paul asks, what do you think of the prospect of Arsenal one day becoming a publicly listed company on the stock exchange? There are clearly pros and cons. One in particular is such a move could undermine uh, a Arsene Wenger's preference for English control of the club. I would hope uh, that that never happens to Arsenal, but, you know... Uh at the end of the day, football is a business these days and uh, boards will, will try and maximise the revenue. What I do think at Arsenal is we've got a slightly more traditional setup uh, than many clubs and I hope that that, I hope that, that stays in place despite um, rumours about certain people wanting to sell shares and sell their shares in the club. Um, I do hope that, that uh, we stay as, as private as possible. Final question from Scott who says... Hi, Blogs. Uh, do you ever wonder where the most remote reader of Ars Blog comes from? Maybe something like Easter Island. Um, uh, good question. I can look and see how many people have visited and where they've come from in the web hosting stats that I have, but I never really go into that much detail to see where, where all the visitors are coming from. So if you are Ars Blog's most remote reader, if you're uh, reading us or listening to us from... Uh, the deepest depths of the jungle, or from the top of a mountain somewhere, or from an unexplored valley, uh, just drop us an email, or a carrier pigeon, or send some guy running with a scroll uh, to arscast at arsblog.com. That's arscast at arsblog.com. Okay, the final part of the show is our bet of the week, with thanks to bluesquare.com. That's www.bluesq.com. Uh, this week, 
Simon Wolf said, Thierry Henry is having a slightly difficult period at the moment, but I think we all know he's only ever a goal away from being back to his brilliant best. All Gooners will remember his special goal against West Ham in 2002, and if you fancy Thierry to bounce back in style, he can be backed at 7-1 to to score from outside the area at any time. That's 7-1 to to score a goal from outside the area at any time during the game. Go to www.bluesq.com, that's bluesquare.com, place your bet now. Okay, that's it. Another Arsecast over in Dunworth. Many thanks to ClassicFootballShirts.co.uk who generously sponsored the Arsecast. Please make sure to check out their website. If you're looking for rare and difficult to find Arsenal shirts and Arsenal gear, tracksuits, stuff like that, uh, their website is the place to go. They sell only authentic stuff. Okay, it's not replica and it's ClassicFootballShirts.co.uk. Next week, Hopefully, we'll have an interview with uh, Perry Groves regarding his book, We All Live in a Perry Groves World, which I know you're all going to go out and buy straight away to make sure that it gets ahead of Ashley Coles. Uh, another blog chat, more Arsene Wenger-Hawkins, more questions and more content, which I'll tell you about during the week, uh, which you can contribute to. So thanks a lot for listening. Talk to you next time. holiday season, treat yourself. Treat yourself to candy. Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply.